Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to the LUA Podcast Studios. I am your host, Eric, and this is Listen Up America. So I want to start off this week's podcast, kind of give you guys an update on how this is going. I know you can tell a difference between when my son was doing the uh, behind the scenes stuff and the production, and now I. Because I'm wearing many hats, I'm trying my best to learn how to do that, slow down, keep my thoughts, try not to make it too muddled or too fast. So the first thing I noticed was last couple episodes, I've been talking close to 100 miles an hour. I am aware of that, so I think I might be able to fix some of that. There will be times, as you know, when I get a little hot or a little passionate about something, I kind of let it out and just let it be raw. I am working on this, and I appreciate your patience and understanding and hope that you see improvements as they happen with better content and production quality. And I'm hoping this episode begins that path. So, I told you last week, we're going to include more Ronald Reagan. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Chairman Joe has been our president eight months. And I want to remind you all 18, 20 months ago, when the mainstream media and the liberals, communists, socialists, the bad guys in this country were screaming about Trump and Russian collusion and how that was the worst thing ever and we had to impeach him and so forth. We got news on that. But I want to remind you, just think back. That was the impeachable topic of Democrats, that this guy has got to go. Now we fast forward to today, eight months. This clown has been in office. Here's a list of just... Well, most of, I'm sure there's some I'm missing, catastrophes that have been created by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Okay, you got to sit down for this. So in the first eight months, Afghanistan, that butchered withdrawal, the drone strike that, you know, we killed the bad guy that got our 13, except we didn't. We'll get into that. The border. The border's closed. We never told them to come been telling everybody in South America and Central America and basically from all around the world, come, America, wide open. Del Rio, Texas is just the latest where the media had to stop ignoring the border because Fox News sent a drone up and went out in helicopters and showed thousands upon thousands of Haitians crossing the river over a dam in a constant stream. It was like a line of ants at a picnic getting some scraps of food. Coming across, bathing, having a good time, and then making a hard right turn straight to where Border Patrol was and the bridge that they've now closed down so that they could go live under a bridge while they wait to be processed. Because, hey, I'm here. Send me wherever now. There's a lot on that. Inflation. Oh, we got news on inflation. France. You know how many ambassadors were recalled under Trump? Yeah, zero. But Biden has our longest ally, 
You all do remember that France supplied us with weapons and logistical support to defeat the English before we were a country? That's how long they've been our ally. And they recalled their ambassador. So I got news on that. Remember that guy Trump, the orange man? You know, he went and visited the goofball, stay puff, marshmallow man in North Korea and uh, got him to stop firing missiles across Japan and into the ocean and things like that. Remember, that stopped. Stopped dead cold. Guess what happened last week? You've got General Miley. He's a weaselly political hack that just makes your blood boil. He doesn't do his job. It looks like he committed treason. There's always COVID updates. The politics of COVID. I told you about how last week the FDA hasn't found a replacement to lead it. The number one and number two guy have resigned because of political pressure from the Biden administration. So I got news about all that and more. Oh, I got a a clip of Fauci from 20 years ago. You're going to love that. Abortion, Texas brought it up and it's always been out there, but you know, they passed a law. So the left is losing their minds. So we've got some information and some news, some great news. And then we also have some climate change information. Remember I, I gave you guys uh, in the last episode or two talked about how carbon and scientists said, Hey, we went back over 50 million years and we saw there was a huge event that took place that the environment spent 150,000 years trying to recover because it was so bad. And it was, you know, before the industrial revolution, like I've told you, you know, we sit here in a time where volcanoes are erupting everywhere, but no, CO2. I got more scientific information that makes volcanoes look like a day at the park. And then last, we're ending this bad boy with the bartender. We spend $250 billion a year on defense, and here we are. The fate of the planet is in the hands of a bunch of retards I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. So to put this in context, talking about Afghanistan, remember, we had Biden out there telling us it was Trump's fault. We had the Secretary of State Blinken out there saying it was Trump's fault. We had the Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff and General Miley blaming Trump. It's all his fault. Then you had the Secretary of Defense out there. His name's Lloyd Austin. He's out there saying it's all Trump's fault. Now, I shared with you the six-page agreement they made with Al-Qaeda. And if Al-Qaeda did everything they were supposed to and behaved themselves, there wouldn't be any problems. But as we all know, Al-Qaeda had been misbehaving in the last four and five months. Well after a certain orange man wasn't in office. And the consequences that were spelled out in that paperwork were not carried out. The United States government just ignored it. And at worst, was just incompetent and didn't see it happening. So Al-Qaeda comes through, take over the country in a weekend. 13 Americans are killed, but don't worry. And I remember, I told you this, that the government's going to come out and tell you, oh, we're just going to start dropping bombs on people and tell you we killed bad guys. I literally said that, that they're going to just randomly claim we dropped bombs on bad guys and we're all good. And I said, don't believe a word of it. Oh, how right we were. So the drone strike, you all heard about that. We droned the bad guy. There were secondary explosions. Right. What was the name of the guy? People were asking. I don't know. And they literally said that. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I thought you said you knew who the bad guy was and you just dropped the bomb on him and there were secondary explosions. Oh. 
So more investigative reporting by the New York Times comes to find out, yeah, there was no secondary explosion. Oh, so it wasn't a car full of bombs and stuff like they were telling us. No. Wasn't a bad guy. No. You killed a family with seven kids. Yeah. You just blew them up. Just, just like I said, just dropping bombs and naming names. In this case, they didn't even name the name. They just said, we got the bad guy. Moving on. That is how incompetent these people are. We get the government we deserve. And we just murdered 10 Afghanis. Yay, us. And that was in the headlines for about a week. Because then the border happened. I've been telling you since the day he took office. And the two presidents, Harris and Biden, sat there and told the world, Come on in. You can get yourself some asylum because asylum is the magic word. That's why we keep saying asylum. And asylum is for people that are being politically oppressed. And nobody in South America and Central America and Mexico is being oppressed by their governments. No. Maybe some Venezuelans. But it goes to the laws of asylum on the planet per the UN and everyone else has agreed. If people in a country seek asylum, they go to a neighboring country. So for America, our asylum seekers would be Canada, Mexico, and possibly a couple of Caribbean islands, like maybe Cuba. But there's other places that are closer. It's a distance thing. So when people from, I don't know, Nicaragua and Honduras and Peru and Brazil and Panama start streaming up the hemisphere, he's just telling them, asylum, we have to let them in. Except we don't. It's completely against international law. We don't do this. We can't do this. But this is how they turn this country into not just a California septic tank, but a national septic tank. And then they'll be the AOCs and the Bidens and the Harrises and the Newsoms and the Whitmers, all in charge of you pathetic little stupid sheep. It got so bad, because it always gets bad. Every week, the news, I don't know if you've noticed, has been turning on him. And I've got some clips of them saying what I'm saying. There's a new migrant crisis at the Texas border with more than 10,000 Haitians living in deteriorating conditions. U.S. military had to admit its missile strike uh, in Kabul in response to the killing of 13 soldiers was in error, and that it killed up to 10 innocent civilians. And then you had the issue with France, so angry about a, uh, a, the U.S. sabotaging their submarine deal with Australia that they actually recalled their ambassador, Jeff Mason. Um, what is the mood at the White House uh, right now? Because this is, it's been a rough six weeks and it seems as if it's only getting worse. And it got a lot worse on that Friday afternoon with yeah. all of those things happening in one day. The mood is one of um, soldiering on. I mean, they're certainly embattled right now, but this White House has said from the beginning, Joe Biden can chew gum and walk at the same time and, and all the people around him can do the same. But certainly some of these crises are not ones that they expected. I don't think they expected to see one of the US's oldest allies recalling its ambassador. So they're soldiering on, they're trying to say, we've, we've got this, we're, we're gonna roll through it, but it's a tough time. You know, Anna, with the, the Afghanistan withdrawal uh, and how it went, and then you have the, what the Pentagon said, and then you look at the border, there is this growing Boy, can you guys get your arms around our problems? This seems to be the real challenge. Yeah, and I think they have 
continuing to stumble here, right? They don't have the messaging, right? They don't necessarily have the policy, right? I think there's a lot of questions on Capitol Hill now that these members are coming back where they're going to face investigations on Afghanistan. What happened there? It's not going away. And I think this is something where this White House has really not kind of got its feet underneath it. And now we're weeks into this, right? They need to kind of figure out what their messaging is going to be. How are they going to deal with tough questions? That was F. Chuck Todd from NBC News Meet the Press. But wait, there's more. From booster shots to diplomatic disputes, the border, fallout from the botched and deadly drone strike in Afghanistan, President Biden is facing major challenges and major questions this week. The growing crises engulfing the White House. Courtesy of CNN. Now, I've been saying since this all began that we have never had a crisis at the border as intense as this. The amount of people coming month to month has never been like this. And you have media kind of ignoring it. Just, well, let's deal with something else. I'm sure we can find something about Trump in the news, even though he's not the president, just to distract from this. But then they come out. Here's CNN. An unprecedented crisis. That is what the Secretary of Homeland Security just called it. July was the busiest month for illegal border crossings in 21 years. In the last month alone, more than 212,000 people crossed the U.S.-Mexico border. Most were apprehended. Uh, Ed Lavendera live in Texas. But, you know, the, the, the surge in these attempted crossings, Ed, is just going through the roof at a time when normally they go down because it's so hot. I've been saving that clip. I knew it was going to come back. And just so you know, August was worse than July, and September is now worse than August. So it's getting existentially worse. But don't worry, co-president Harris is in charge of the border. Where was she at this weekend when this was all going down on the TV and, and the horses? By the way, they weren't whipping migrants. That's how you control horses and corral people, sheep, and cattle. It's called crowd control. But anyway, she was at Howard University, flipping a coin in front of nobody for a football game. But she did have her mask on. That's what your co-president, who's in charge of the border, was doing and has been doing when this has all been going down day after day, week after week, month after month. But don't worry, they have a new villain. Like I just mentioned, it's the Border Patrol. See, couldn't blame Trump for this, and now it's Border Patrol. Hey, we're looking into it for these racist acts because the Border Patrol was whipping black people. They were not whipping black people. There were criminals that are referred to as illegal, hence the criminal, immigrants crossing into our border illegally and causing a health issue of epic proportions. Forget that they're not even vaccinated because none of them are. But in about a day and a half, the human excrement piles and trash and garbage that was building up next to the bridge was unbelievable. I'm just like, where are they getting all the crap to make piles of trash and crap? Well, from us, because we got to give them everything. That's why they're here. Santa Claus never loses an election. So these Haitians who were not from Haiti, they were living in South America, Peru, Brazil. And they were, I guess, treated as a second-class, third-class citizen, supposedly, and couldn't get work, so they left there, and they started just hoofing it for the last several months here because Santa Claus 
well, everything's free. But they've got their new villain. They're going to be digging into the Border Patrol because of how racist all those white guys, oops, I mean those brown guys, because most of the Border Patrol are of Hispanic surname. And uh, But we, we're not going to talk about that part. We're just going to blame the white people. So now we have CNN talking to Mayorkas. He's the Homeland Security guy. You know, I guess he's kind of in charge of the border. They've been asking, I've been asking, conservative media has been asking for eight months if this is a crisis. No, no, this is very normal. Now the mainstream media, this is CNN. As you were looking at these scenes and you were there, is this a crisis? Let, let, me, um, let me share with you uh, quite clearly. It is heartbreaking to see because what we are seeing is vulnerable individuals having been deceived by smuggling in, uh, organizations and misinformation take the perilous journey north when we have been quite clear that it will not be successful and that is not what they should do. It is heartbreaking to see these individuals. It is a human tragedy, and we are addressing it as best we can on, under the laws that we are employing now. This is really, this is something we haven't seen before. A, this camp inside of the United States with thousands of people. What is the reticence to call something that is so clearly a crisis a crisis? Uh, I call it um, a heartbreaking uh, situation, a tremendous challenge. Created by you. You call it heartbreaking. Your administration, your policies created all of this. And you call it heartbreaking? How about taking responsibility and quitting? Because you could just say, you know, you're right. It is a crisis, and I'm a moron that put this in play because the president said to. So since I think this is such a tragedy, I'm resigning because I can no longer support an administration who doesn't care about people. <laughs> you serious? I don't know about you all, but I'm deadly serious about this. Sorry, that just makes me laugh. I'm going to incorporate that a lot. Mayorkas came out this weekend and said this. We have reiterated that our borders are not open and people should not make the dangerous journey. Individuals and families are subject to border restrictions, including expulsion. Irregular migration poses a significant threat to the health and welfare, welfare of border communities and to the lives of the migrants themselves and should not be attempted. You have to remember, again, Biden and Harris and everybody out there, this clown included, keep saying, if you have an asylum claim, that's okay. See, what they do is they say that they have an asylum claim. The government goes, oh, well, here, fill out some paperwork. Okay, here's your notice. Okay, now we're going to redeploy you somewhere in the country. And then if you feel like going, cool. If you don't, well, you know, what we don't know won't hurt us. That's the reality. That's the two-faced game we're playing here. Did you hear about the bus? There was a charter bus from Del Rio filled with Haitians, picked up, driving towards, uh, it looked like Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area. The men on the bus overtook the driver, forced him on the side of the road. They opened the doors and they escaped. They were all caught, but they had to catch him again. 
How about this? Did you hear about the couple that we did send back to Haiti? We put them on a plane, sent them back to Haiti. I don't know what we told them, but apparently we didn't tell them they're going back to Haiti because once they landed in Haiti, Port-au-Prince, guess what they did? They got mad. They assaulted everybody from pilots and attendants and what security, I guess, was even on the plane and assaulted them all. Don't worry, they've been arrested. This is democratic insanity. This is what liberal insanity is. Don't come, but come and claim asylum. And then when we send you back, because it's just so out of control, the optics of all this. Democrats are of this mindset that, hey, if we have an optic every once in a while that's bad, give it a day or two because the news cycle will clear it up. Here's the problem. And this is why numbnuts, the potato, Chairman Joe, is running at 37% in the best poll they could find. Because every couple of days, it's another monkey humping the football sideshow. And this is only the beginning. By the time he's done, we're going to have surrendered to China. We'll have no allies. Our economy will be worse than a peso. And we're all just going, it's not the orange man. He's evil. This guy's okay. He's a potato. This was fun. The media, the White House reporter pool asked the Red Devil Saki. They asked her a simple question. You're going to love her reply. The question was simply this. We've looked at the history of Joe Biden, the citizen, Senator Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden, and now co-president Chairman Joe. He's never been to the border. He has never been to the border. Correct? One more. Has President Biden ever been to the southern border? In his life? I will have to get look back in my history books and check the times he's been to the southern we border. We have been looking all morning, and we cannot find any record of him visiting the border as president, vice president, senator, or even as a concerned citizen. Why would that be? I can check and see when the last time or when he may have been. I don't know. <laughs> Are you serious? They don't have a clue. But honestly, he's never been there. He has no idea from his own eyes what goes on there. And I guarantee you, his handlers, there's more about that later, are covering and keeping that off the TVs and everything. So he doesn't have a clue that there's almost 20,000 Haitians underneath the bridge at one time. No, nope, no clue at all. He has no idea there's 200 and some thousand. As Mayorkas said, well, most of them were caught. He doesn't know that. These are the same people that killed the bad guy in Afghanistan. Oops, we got a family. I've told you, for everyone they catch, there's one they don't. They say 2 million. I'm telling you, 4 million people easily have been coming across the country's borders in the last eight months. And nobody cares. But they got a bad guy. And that bad guy, Border Patrol. We're going to wrap this part up with the border. I got a clip from one of my least favorite human beings on the planet, Maxine Waters. I'm pissed. I'm unhappy. And I'm not just unhappy with the cowboys who were running down Haitians and using their reins to whip them. I'm happy with the administration. We are following the Trump policy. 
He is the one that does not follow the Constitution and would not allow those seeking refuge to be able to petition to get into the country. See, refuge, that's key for asylum. And again, I've already explained how international law works, and she is just exposes how ignorant and stupid she is. She represents people in South Central Los Angeles where she doesn't live and is as ignorant as that rock in your driveway. She has not a clue. It's the cowboys and the orange man. Always them, but don't worry, she's pissed. Be pissed. This is all you're doing. Your buddies, your girlfriends, everybody around there. This is all on you. You got a problem with it? Resign. But they won't. Now, to just wrap this segment up, I got a clip. Now, they've been keeping Chairman Joe, Mr. Most Transparent President Ever. Remember, he said that before being elected, that his administration was going to open doors and you're going to have everything you need to see. And they have been shuttling this guy around and protecting him and chasing reporters away and uh, literally pushing and shoving reporters away. We'll get to that later. This guy was going from point A to point B with his mask on, scuffling along like a 95-year-old man. And he gets asked about this, the border. And this is what he said. Mr. President, what's your reaction to the images coming from the southern border? Get it under control. Get it under control or you have it under control? We will get it under control. So that means it's not under control, per the potato, and that's why they hide him. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L U a podcast all together. L U a podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. I mentioned how France, our longest ally in this country's history, before it was actually a country, recalled its ambassador. And you're asking, well, why'd they do that? Why did France pull its ambassadors from the United States? That is so weird. It has to do with the submarine deal. So the Australian government has been seeking the means of having nuclear-powered submarines. Not nuclear weapons, but nuclear-powered submarines so they can compete in the Pacific against, yeah, China. Well, they've been working with the French. Now, this is where I fault Trump, but I don't have all the details, so I can only say what I, what I know based on what I know. The Australians have been seeking this information for a couple of years. They wanted to buy the technology so that they can build nuclear submarines and compete in the Pacific and stave off the Chinese to be our ally, like with Japan and India and things like that. And apparently we fell asleep with the switch. We decided we didn't want to do that with one of our allies. We've never had a problem with Australia, other than Australia having a whole bunch of COVID problems right now. Uh, we'll get into that later. Apparently chose not to negotiate. So Australia went to France. And France and them set out a deal. 
And France, I guess, has already spent something of upward of a billion dollars on this project to help them out. And then out of the blue, last week, the Australians say, yeah, we changed your mind. We're going with the US and the UK on this one. Thanks for playing. Bye-bye. So France is pissed that Australia pulled out, and they're pissed that we jumped in at literally 10 seconds after the deal was closed. Like, it's done. There was no last second. This was done. And we sniped them. Uh, again, I blame Trump because uh, why wouldn't you be the one in there so we can make the money and give them the technology so they can build nuclear-powered submarines? Again, just nuclear-powered. That's the fuel, not the weaponry. They can buy that later. So France was so pissed off that they lost all that money that Macron said, get the hell out, pull out the entire French staff, embassies, ambassadors, everybody leaves Australia and the United States now. Do you know how many ambassadors left because of Trump? You know, the evil orange guy. Let's think about this. I gave you the answer earlier, but if you weren't paying attention, zero. Uh, you can't even put your head around how that never happened, but our longest standing ally said, deuces, later, we're out. That is astonishing. But don't worry, the potato's going to call Macron and he's going to make it all better. I can't imagine how much money we're going to send them. You remember North Korea shooting missiles all over the ocean up there by Japan and South Korea? Remember that? Remember when that used to happen? When Obama was in charge? And then they tried doing it with Trump, and Trump said, yeah, don't do that. And they went and had a couple of meetings, and everyone made fun of them and thought it was ridiculous. And then the entire point of that was stop firing the missiles. And what didn't happen while Trump was in office? Um, North Korea did not fire any missiles. None. So it worked, but then it didn't because the potato, Chairman Joe, came in charge and has been basically ignoring them. They've refused. North Korea has absolutely refused to speak to the Biden administration. Nope. And guess what they did? Oh, they just shot up some ballistic missiles and some cruise missiles. Just shot them, you know, over Japan and into the ocean a bit. Just to, you know, see what's going on. And our reaction was, what? Something happened? They're at it again. Our ignorance, the liberal way of doing things, the guys are shooting missiles again. Gosh, Japan and South Korea are so excited that America, who left Afghanistan and they've got it fresh in their memories, going, we can't count on this son of a bitch. Nope. We're in trouble. This last part of this segment is about General Miley. You may have heard that back in the beginning of January and actually in, into December of last year, General Miley was feeling quite spry. I guess that's, that's probably a good way to put it. Feeling his oats. Circumventing command. He answers to the president of the United States. And the president of the United States was one Donald J. Trump. He was working in the background, behind the scenes, without the knowledge of the Secretary of Defense, without the knowledge of Secretary of State, without the knowledge of the White House, without the knowledge of the president himself. This is called treason. Contacts, mind you, he contacts his counterpart in China their lead general and says, Hey, the orange guy's cheese is sliding off his cracker. And I just want to let you know, we will not attack you. No matter what he says, there was no chance in hell. Why would we just, this is the thing these liberals, you know, they said about Reagan. He's got his finger on the bottom. He's going to nuke the world. and He's going to kill us all. Never even came close. Fanatics on the other side. They're the ones with their finger on the button waiting to do it. This guy is telling China, Trump, if he attacks, 
I won't follow his orders. I will stop him. And if we are, I'll call you and tell you. And, he, and then he said on top of it, if we were to attack you, period, I would call and tell you. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. You'll call our enemy and tell them, hey, we're attacking you tomorrow at noon. Be ready. And then your sons and daughters and your grandkids are going by plane and by ship over to China to do what they've been ordered to do, and that was attack, presumably. And the Chinese have lined up everything on their shores, the aircraft in the air, the ships are in the water, and they start killing our soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines before we're within 200 miles of the shore. This is the definition of treason. And General Miley should be arrested, tried, and shot. He is a no-good son of a bitch. Period. He's a traitor to this country and to every one of you out there, whether you agree with me or not. He betrayed liberals. He betrayed communists, socialists, Marxists, because you and your children and your grandchildren, they serve in this military too. And he gives them up as cannon fodder because, again, these people do not respect life. Only their own power. That's all they give a crap about. And as you can imagine by my tone, this really pisses me off. And the fact that the potato, he doesn't even have a clue any of this was even said. And if it was, he don't care. Because he's not the evil orange guy. Ah, he's just a guy having fun. This guy betrayed his oath to this country for which he is supposed to serve. Remember, Ronald Reagan. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Liberals always make it worse. COVID time. Don't touch me, I'm sterile. So as I reminded you earlier in today's podcast, in my monologue, and in last week and the week before, the FDA has no one in charge. Their presumable number one and number twos, the guys acting in charge, resigned. One's been there over 30 years, the other one's been there about 15. Resigned due to pressure from the Biden administration. This is very important that you understand all this and how political and nonsensical all of this about vaccines is. Here we go. They're resigning because of pressure. What is the pressure? The pressure is Fauci and Biden. Only those two are demanding that you all take a booster. You got to take that booster now. The FDA has a group of about 18 people that goes through and then they vote on whether this is to happen or not. It happens for all medicines. It was overwhelmingly no. The FDA advisory board said no. Fast forward three whole days. The FDA has approved boosters for everyone 65 and older and any other people at high risk. Just like that. Boom. So not the number one, number two that resigned. They had nothing to do with it. Number three, number four, number 16, number until they found someone to give them the answer they wanted. You tell me to follow the science and I'm listening to a president and a political hack. I'll get to him in a second. And Fauci telling you all, you got to get the booster. While the CDC and the FDA a week ago said no. Two weeks ago said no. Three weeks ago said no. Guess who's saying it's all good now? All of them. Political pressure is 
all this is about. It's a game. It's about the control of the public. They're going to make it up. They're going to lie. They're going to move the goalposts. They're going to keep changing the rules. They're going to be flip-flopping back and forth faster than popping popcorn on what to do and what not to do. I've got a clip of the St. Lord Fauci. This is from 2002 on C-SPAN. He's being asked by some redneck talking about AIDS and things like that. And I want you, this again goes to if it's science and it's firm and you have a stand or a moral belief on something, then that stand or moral belief carries over to everything that it applies. You don't get to go, well, I don't like it because you're white and I don't like it because you're black. You have to apply it to everything, except if you're Saint Fauci. Yeah, I think he used an important word that, that uh, uh, really illustrates the difficulty of the problem. You can't control people's behavior. But what you can do is you can educate and you can try to modify behavior. Our experience tells us very clearly that the only way that you can do that effectively is to create an environment in which you don't force people who are the subjects or the targets of your education and behavioral modification if you force them underground. If you make your education in an environment of oppressiveness, you're not gonna get to the people that you need to get to. You've gotta create a situation where people understand that they're not gonna be stigmatized, that they're not gonna lose their human rights when they find out that they're infected, that you're gonna do something to help them. You see more and more people coming in, getting the education and ultimately modifying their behavior. We have already seen that in spades in this country, and that's the environment that we are suggesting to our colleagues overseas to do. Because in some of the developing nations that you're referring to, it is an oppressive situation for rights. One of the examples, uh, the late Jonathan Mann, who was an associate of mine for years, who tragically died in an air crash a few years ago, used to say that HIV AIDS is as much a disease of human rights than it is a disease of a virus. And in countries in which human rights are not uh, addressed in an appropriate way, people do not have the capability of avoiding infection. Some women, for example, in certain nations have absolutely no empowerment to avoid being infected by their husband or sexual partner because women don't seem to have the rights to say, no, I do not want to have sex. Yes. I, I want to wear a condom, I want to practice safe sex, and in some societies they're not allowed that right. Uh, that, those are the things we need to look at, not oppressing or forcing people to do things, because it never works that way. 20 years ago. Makes sense, right? Knowledge of society, humanity, and how they behave makes perfect sense. Fast forward to like last month. There are a number of people, for one reason or other, who just do not want to comply and get vaccinated. We've got to get them vaccinated. And hopefully they will do it willingly. If not, there will have to be things that will essentially put pressure on them, such as you're not gonna work in this particular agency or institution. And I believe that once we start doing that, you will see more and more people willingly get vaccinated. You will comply or else we will shoot you. Little American silly people who refuse to comply to an illegal order. It's to the point now. This is all I hear.
I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. A quick note on inflation concerns. We all see it in the reality of life. You go shopping, anything you're spending money on, whether it's your utilities, the groceries, and beyond. Everything's getting more expensive. So much so that there was a notice from Costco. You know, the big Emporium warehouse that you go into and buy 85 pounds of toilet paper? They're already warning there looks to be severe shortages coming very soon. So, whether it's real or not, I don't know. I know there are a ton of container ships sitting off the harbor of LA and Long Beach that's never had this many. And I'm sure that all our toilet paper's out there. I also believe Costco might want to have people panicking and come spend a bunch of money. Why not now? And just make Christmas that much tougher. Get the money while you can. That's the capitalist way, so take it for what it's worth. Inflation is real, and if they pass that $3.5 trillion and we don't pay the bill, because we're not, inflation just gets worse. That's how the 70s happened. That's how it always happens. Liberals just like repeating the same mistakes because they want to destroy the whole thing. So let's talk about abortion. Talked a bit about it last week. And I think I made it pretty clear. I'm very much into, it's at the point of conception. It's a baby. It's another human being. And if you do something to that baby intentional, like abort it, that's called murder. Just the way I believe because the Bible says it. And I don't argue with God. Made that pretty clear. But other people that don't like to take responsibility for anything, look for all free will options and think, it's all good. I can decide for myself. You can but you'd be wrong. That does happen. You know, just because you make a decision opposite of what I believe is right doesn't make you right. It could, and in this case does, makes you wrong. But don't worry. For all you liberal feminists out there that think it's okay to have unprotected sex with as many people as possible and to have a score sheet on who can have the most abortions, you have support of 500 female athletes in this country that sent a letter to SCOTUS telling them they need to uphold Roe v. Wade. The irony in this, this is where it gets really funny. <laughs> Megan Rapinoe, Sue Bird, Diana Tarazi, just to name a few, but all these women signed the letter. Do you sense a theme in the women? They're all lesbians. <laughs> You serious? Lesbians who won't get within 50 feet of a penis are complaining to the Supreme Court to uphold Roe v. Wade because what? They're lesbians. They're not going to have a baby. Well, Eric, they could use a turkey baster. If these people <laughs> go to the sperm bank, impregnate themselves with a turkey baster, and then abort it? Uh, I don't know if there's any more evil than that. That's just so messed up. But lesbians have your back, straight women, that like to whore around without condoms and just bang away and have their uterus destroyed. It's all good. They're standing up for you. It just makes your head hurt sometimes. That's mine. It gives me a headache. I just go, wait, they're doing what? Oh, boy. 
So I mentioned to you guys the last couple of weeks, climate change. I'm a big non-believer in any of that crap, that it's all man-made. And if only China and India and the rest of the world would just stop their industrialization that they're incurring and just, you know, live like cavemen, everything will be fine. Uh, Okay. So I told you that we've had a very significant volcanic activity the last couple of years. It's still going on, which spews CO2 into the sky and has weather effects because it reflects sunlight and so forth. Raises the temperature, you know, it throws everything out of balance. And I told you about the study that they came up with that we had the same thing 50 million years ago and it lasted for 150,000 years. Here's something scientists just discovered and I wanted to share with you. This is from SciTech Daily. This just happened a couple of days ago. So the article says, Deadwood releasing 10.9 gigatons of carbon every year, more than all fossil fuel emissions combined. That means from everywhere and everybody. Can you just picture this? So every fallen tree, every dead piece of wood, for those that have fireplaces and have a cord or two or 10 sitting in their yard, I'm talking to you people. (laughs) It is roughly the equivalent to 115% of fossil fuel emissions on the planet. Researchers have discovered that up until now, little has been known about the role of dead trees. We now know living trees play a vital role in absorbing the carbon dioxide. Remember that? You know, you exhale, trees turn greener by absorbing it. That's why the planet's actually greener now than it's ever been. But the trees can only do so much. We have to plant more trees. And I got no problem with that. They're talking about the decomposition is driven by natural processes, including temperature and insects. The decomposition of wood and the recycling of those nutrients is a critically important process in forest. See, you have to have that. The trees have to decay and it could take, I mean, you see a fallen tree and if you go hiking the same thing for 10 years, that tree changes very little. You start seeing the sides, maybe just start crumbling away and you kind of get that little slope instead of being round, it's, it's more triangular shaped the wood starts to fall off the main trunk. This is vital. This is what the nutrients reinvigorate the soil. And then you get new growth in these dead spots. But it's all you people that drive cars. It's all you people that don't have an electric vehicle. It's all you people in China, where you buy all your crap. In India, the other place you buy all your crap. And they put it on those boats and they ship it over. It's It's all their fault. Planet Earth and the ecosystem and our galaxy, for example, our solar system is very complicated. We have a sun that fluctuates in the solar flares and the heat distribution that comes out. We have more active and less active. That affects. You have the planet itself going through its natural cycles. Volcanoes, not human contributed. Fallen dead trees more or less not human contributed except for the psychos that set all the fires and then he burned down the forests. I have a thought on that. All of this panic over climate change is just panic. It's nonsense. It's not real. It's part of the cycle. We as human beings have to adapt and adjust to it. We are too insignificant in this process. When you look at a solar system and a planet to think you, Bobby, you, Tina, You got to change your life like the other seven plus billion people. And if we all do it, everything will fix itself. Except the volcanoes will keep erupting. Except the forest will continue to burn. Oh, by the way, CO2 comes from the fires too. 
and the forest that has fallen, the dead trees are going to continue to do what they do or we will have no future trees. Well, if we have no future trees, how are we gonna breathe? I don't know. Which brings me to the forest fires and being a lifelong resident in California. This is soapbox time. So you've heard about the California forest fires. We had the biggest one ever. And then two years ago, we had the biggest one ever. And then the biggest, they always keep getting bigger and bigger. I find it interesting. And that's all I'm going to say. I find it interesting that the advancement of technology, the ability to recognize the situation and react in a very timely fashion today versus 20 years ago and 40 years ago. And we have these results that are so much worse. Well, Eric, it's the climate. You don't understand everything's dead. Nah, I live here. I know how it goes. We don't manage the forest at all. So there's no breaks. And that's a government choice. So that when a fire does happen, it burns down more. Okay, that's pretty clear. And then they can go politically and create bills and say, well, we're going to change your way you do things because you're the reason it's burning down. It has nothing to do with the lady in Northern California that started the fire. No, it has no, nothing to do with the homeless people that started the fires. In the no, 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 no. Very few of these were actually like dry lightning. This was actually more human, went and lit something through a cigarette, did it on purpose, and there we go. And the government's totally okay with that because, again, they get to control you. So I'm sitting there looking at the situations. I'm a fire bug. When the fires go, I watch the news. I read about it. I watch the videos. If it's local, I go out and I watch. I find them fascinating. I find how the agencies react. Now, I'm not saying, as I'm going to be criticizing, I'm not criticizing the soldiers on the ground, the firemen on the ground that are doing what they're told. Go here, don't go there, do this, don't do this. I'm not calling you out. I'm not saying you're not doing your job. You're doing what they're telling you to do. My problem is with the people above you, the battalion chiefs and up. They show up eventually with bulldozers. And then they sit around and then they finally deploy them and they kind of carve away an area and the fire's going. The aircraft, they're called in, but it's always the smaller stuff first. You're sitting there going, you know, we have 747s and DC-10s that go lay one to two mile long line. Why not just get it up when you know it's questionable weather? It's drier, it's got some wind. Why isn't that aircraft first thing straight up? And they never are. They come hours later when two acres is 50 acres becomes 500 acres. We had a fire in our area, in the Cajon Pass. It's the 15 freeway between Rancho Cucamonga and uh, Victorville. It's the way people from LA go to Vegas. There was a fire, I wanna say four years ago now. I don't remember his name. It started down in the Cajon Pass, kind of by where the Glen Helen Amphitheater is. That's where we do a lot of concerts for the Inland Empire. Fire started, the winds were blowing opposite of Santa Ana, they were blowing north. In less than 24 hours, the fire consumed over 25,000 acres in less than a day. Shut down a major artery. We only have like what three fire departments in the desert. I believe they're all county. So there's, there's, they're in the assigned to cities, but they're county fire. So there's maybe 10, 12 engines up here. The ones that had to come from Riverside, Orange County, LA, Santa Barbara, Ventura, Anything south of us had to go around by like three to four hours around down towards Palm Springs and up through Joshua Tree and around, or have to go all the way into the San Fernando Valley and up to Santa Clarita and around by Palmdale and into us. Hours. And they got the traffic. People are running. The fire was so out of control. Traffic leaving was so bad that 
whatever was coming in made it worse because you couldn't maneuver. You were just stuck in a place and you, just, you got there when you got there. Aircraft showed up and they were working just one flank. It was an unpopulated flank. Now, to the due north, very rural two and a half acre countryside homes. And to the west of it, mountain community of Wrightwood. All the air power was over on the forest. Oh, a lot of people live over there. No, they don't. And they funneled it straight into communities. At the time, no bulldozers were digging a line on top of the pass. It would have been easy enough to do. Didn't do it. What I'm saying is the political decisions made are just that. They're political decisions. And these fires are only this big, as I believe, because battalion chiefs are being told by political people, and the governor, whatever, that this is how you're going to react. And they do it. They willingly, for the first time ever, two fires. Mind you, in known history of California, for the first time ever, two fires started on the western slopes of the Sierra Nevada, crossed the tops of the Sierra Nevadas. A lot of where the tops are is above the tree line. How the fire got across, I don't know. Thinner oxygen and everything up there, I don't know. And then the fire comes down the eastern slope and starts burning towards South Lake Tahoe and things like that. But don't worry, they miraculously stopped it just before it got to South Lake Tahoe. The weather hadn't changed, the forest got thicker, but I, I really believe that this is all just propaganda. It's just a stunt. I believe the mantra is just let it burn. The more damage, the more acreage, the more power. I don't put it past them for a second. So I again want to say for the firemen out there that are on the lines, I'm not saying this is your call, your decision. I don't think you want to see any of it burn. You want to get in, get out and move on. But the people above you that are in the political power game and see the big picture, the ones that are making all these really bad decisions. And I know you all question it. I had a fireman living across the street, Riverside County, retired captain. When that fire happened four years ago, first thing he said is, they're going to let this thing burn on purpose. He goes, they're not deploying any dozers. They're not doing anything they should be doing. So he pulls out all of his fire hoses and his attachments so we could go to the fire hydrant. So if it came here, we could deal with it, at least with some inch and a half, two inch lines. Because we didn't have anybody in our neighborhoods, just looters. That was it. Everybody left, he and I stayed. And we watched cars that we've never seen before driving up and down. And we're out there with our firearms, letting them know, you need to get out of here, taking pictures of license plates, and they would leave. And if anything was stolen, we gave that information to the sheriff, and then you do what you want with it. These people were patrolling and didn't belong here. So if something's stolen, check them first. But that's the insanity. I have no doubt that liberals would do this and claim in the name of climate change and human consumption, it's all your fault. It's not. Dead wood on the ground is causing more than 115% of the carbon in the atmosphere that the fossil fuel industry, that means all the cars and all the factories, all the ships, all the planes, dead wood, dead wood that the earth needs to make it healthy. Don't worry though, Joe Biden's on it. We're going to get this done. This nation is going to come together and we are going to beat this climate change. Thank you. <laughs> you serious? The bartender.
follow-up to the Met Gala that was the 35000 and she looked like a Chick-fil-A bag in her white dress would say, tax the rich. The dress designer, Aurora James, she was there with her taking pictures and thought it was really cute. Aurora's got problems. Per the New York Post, she is a notorious tax deadbeat with unpaid debts dogging her in multiple states. It gets so good. I'm just a hypocrisy. She has racked up three open tax warrants in New York State alone for failing to withhold income taxes from employees' paychecks totaling almost $15,000. Okay? (laughs) It gets better. She has the IRS service placed six federal liens on her cultural brokerage agency, totaling $103,220. The liens specifically cite the company's failure to remit employee payroll taxes. Slave labor. She's also got a $17,000 fine for not carrying workers' comp insurance. (laughs) It gets so good. She also is like dating, hanging out with a guy who's worth over $100 million. So the bartender is screaming about the rich and her dress is made by his scumbag woman, Aurora. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, dress made by Aurora James and she's got the balls. That's why I think she's a tranny. She's got the balls to go out in front of America dressed like that with a dress made by this person who owes six figures easily. That's what she's been caught. It's way more than that in taxes. Her dress designer doesn't pay her taxes. I just thought that's just priceless. During the uh, budget they're working on it in Congress, that $3.5 trillion waste of money, one of the things the squad, you know, the anti-Semites, there were nine of them total, but the squad, the anti-Semites, AOC and her crew, the bartender, they insisted there be a vote. They wanted and had pulled a $1 billion that was going to go to Israel. And all it was, was the supplies, ammunition, weaponry, and so forth for the iron drone, which is, if you aren't aware, a defensive weapon. They have it in Israel so that when Hamas and Palestine shoot off those little pocket rockets and just randomly scatter them all over, The Iron Drone shoots them down so that Israelis and presumably Palestinians that live in Israel aren't hurt by them. But the squad, the anti-Semites that they are, said, we can't have any of that money going there. That's not fair. So they thought it was fair that Israel be defenseless against this and should be just killed. I mean, that's what they're saying. That's what anti-Semites believe. That's what the Nazis believed. And hey, these are just Nazis of color, but they, they believe exactly what Hitler did. And that would be an appropriate connection between Hitler and anti-Semites. Their words, their actions, the reality. But don't worry, the House voted 420 to nine to put it back in there and get these supplies and ammunition to Israel so they can't protect their citizens. The reaction from the squad The bartender on film, walking up the steps in Congress, stops to be consoled. She's hugged and patted. She removed her glasses and wiped away crocodile tears. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It is nothing but a show. I feel so bad that the Palestinians can't have their rockets. (laughs) 
kill Jews. <laughs> it's not fair. Microphones nearby did pick up this, though. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 She sounds like a dude. <laughs> well, I hope you all enjoyed this week's podcast. It has been fun. I think I'm getting better at this. Let me know. I love the feedback. To my loyal listeners across America and around the globe, thank you for listening, and you are the resistance. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. Thank you.